Recorded live. night Bible study on TalkShoe. I really appreciate you guys being there in the chat room tonight. It's a pleasure to see you, and I appreciate your faithfulness in being there. It's a blessing to this old preacher, and I appreciate it from the depths of my heart. Sometimes when it's real slack in the chat room, it's just me and Brother Kevin and Brother David and maybe one or two more, you know, we just, it's just like preaching to the choir a lot of times. But anyway, appreciate you being there. How you doing, Brother David? I'm doing good, Pastor. I'm really looking forward to this teaching tonight. Amen, brother. And um, before we get started on that, Brother David asked me a couple of programs ago to uh, deal with this subject of Jacob's trouble. And I don't, I don't know if Brother David knew what he was doing specifically, other than just being interested in the topic and the, and the uh, correlation between the Book of Job. And the time of Jacob's trouble, but folks, this is one of the deepest, this is one of the, anyway, it is the most talked about subject in the entire Word of God, all right? Now, you guys got a pen and paper, I want you to take down just a few notes at the beginning after we open in prayer, because uh, I'm going to give you something that if you will study, you'll know more about this topic and you'll know more about what's in the near future than anybody than anybody out there practically in our persuade well, in our persuasion period of all I've heard. That's not a brag. That's a fact. Because this whole book is about Three things, and three things only. And this topic is why, that's why this topic is the most talked about subject in the whole book. It's about a king, his kingdom, and his subjects. Okay? And the time of Jacob's trouble is the time when the rightful king gets his kingdom back and straightens out his subjects and the ones that are in the kingdom. Therefore, it's the most talked about, related to, context-wise, word-wise, in the entire book. 
There's more. I mean, salvation is just a by thing. It's 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 um the Christ dying on the cross. To hear mainstream Christianity and the Judeo Christian Church, you think that's what the whole Bible was about? It's not. That's a that's like I said. It's a by a kind of a a side note. Because the Father is more concerned when His Son gets what's rightfully His. Just because we get back in after being lost and trespassing and sin, well, that's great and wonderful to us. But it's everything that's done is for the pleasure of the King. Revelations chapter 4, verse 11. These things that I tell you guys about, listen, I've mentioned it before. Brother David's picked up on it. I know Brother Kevin remembers it also. My teaching style is gestalt. Okay? My teaching style is gestalt. It's German. It's a German technique. And you hear me a lot of times talk about a coloring book that you fill in the colors. And when you wind up, you know, the, the coloring book, the child's coloring book that's got a a bunch of numbers on it, and you got the crayons and the numbers, and you fill in certain with the number sixteen may be blue, you know, and number one, uh, number five may be purple, and you fill in this and fill in that, and as you go, and but when you finish everything, then you got a, a beautiful picture, as long as you follow the numbers, and each each crayon goes in a certain place. Each color of a colored crayon goes in a certain number. Well, see, I don't teach the numbers in order. I may teach you about one, and then I may teach you about 33, and then I may teach you about 45 different colors, blue, purple, red, yellow, black. You know, white's not a color. That's a lack of color. There's only seven colors in the main, you know, in the main spectrum. Any mixture is not a true color. There's only seven. You did know that, right? Just like there's only seven notes in music. But anyway, I'll get off on that. We'll be there for 30 minutes. But that, my teaching style is, is gestalt. I've took you guys, whether you know it or not, from Genesis to Revelation at least six times. I've covered the entire Bible at least six times. Gestalt. From the front to the back, from the front to the back, from the front to the back. And most of you didn't even know that. But this time of Jacob's trouble, it's called the time of Jacob's trouble one time. We're going to read it. It's going to be in Jeremiah chapter 30. In the rest of the scriptures, it's called this, and you can write this down. The day of the Lord, in that day, and the day of Christ. That's the three main phrases that if you take your concordance, and that's what we're going to do tonight, I'm going to show you guys something. I've done it in the past. We'll do it again. <coughs> but if you look up those references, in the day of the Lord, in that day, and the day of Christ, the context, you'll find out that 85% of the time is going to be dealing with the time of Jacob's trouble. 
And in mainstream Christianity, it's called the last three and a half years of the quote-unquote tribulation. The Lord himself classifies it as a time like never has been since there since the world began nor ever shall be and what the lord's doing he's quoting he's he's made the statement he makes in Matthew 24 is out of the book of Daniel chapter 12 okay and he mentions it in all three gospels in three of the gospels excuse me mentioned three times in that day the day of the Lord and the day of Christ you can spend the next year studying just by going to all the references and pull, and pulling that up studying the context realizing there's there's two there's dual fulfillment of prophecy Realizing that fact, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, 8 and 9, and Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you understand it by the Scriptures. See, I'm not giving you opinion. It's what the Scriptures say. But if you take your, take your time every day and study those words in the context where they appear, you'll know more about what's coming up in the near future than any swinging soul in our persuasion. And why is it that way? You say, Brother Don, why is it that way in our persuasion? Because there's no Bible students out there. I use the word student instead of scholar for a reason because scholars are masters of their subject. There's nobody that's got this book mastered. Nobody. I don't care if you're a Jack Van Impian can quote two different versions of the Bible. It quoting and understanding and realizing what the scriptures are saying is two different big time two different things. But this is a big subject. Are we gonna go cover it completely? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. A matter of fact, I'm not sure how many parts that this subject, this topic, we're going to, it's going to last because you guys are not up for no three and four hours. I know that you're not up to here sitting around. I can't hold your attention that long. Okay? Not in the world we live in today, in the age of, of news bites and, and five-minute YouTube videos. It can't be done. There's nobody that, that good especially this old redneck country preacher. But having said all that, Brother David, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, brother, and I'll pick back up when you finish, okay? Certainly. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight, and I pray that the Holy Spirit come upon us to bring you honor and glory, that yes, we Lord. could lift up the preeminent one, the Lord Jesus Christ, as we talk about the time of Jacob's trouble, which is the day of the Lord, which is that day, which is the day of Christ. And we thank you, Father, that you reveal the things to us that we need to know about this, the things that we hunger and long for, the things that will bring us peace and comfort as we realize the the tragedy that 
will befall us, and yet at the same time, the glory that will proceed after the time of purging and trials and tribulation are complete. The people, the bride of Christ that will come forth, will bring great honor and glory to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, tonight we pray that you use Pastor Don as he unfolds the word by the mind of the Holy Spirit to us. And, Father, I pray that the plans that the enemy has to destroy the people of God, that those fallen angels, those little G-gods, that all their plans, they're in derision in the name of Jesus. They're in confusion in the name of Jesus. They won't have their way. They will come to naught. Yeah, things are going to happen. Yeah, they'll be able to do some things, but their plans and purposes will not be accomplished in the name of Jesus. And furthermore, those foot soldiers of theirs are going to come out of all this with great shame on their face. And I pray in the name of Jesus that those banksters, those... those uh, leaders, those foot soldiers who are leading the people under these little G-gods, I pray for their death in the name of Jesus. I pray that they're cut down in the name of Jesus. I pray that there's rebellion in their ranks and they kill off each other and the rest of them just die in the name of Jesus. And I, I pray that God's people would come forth out of this, Lord. I pray that you would re- awaken your people, revive them, Come, let them come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let those who've never known awaken and be born again. In the name of Jesus, I pray these things. So be it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And another thing that I want to mention, to where, since we're talking about the time of Jacob's trouble, there's two bunches. And those of you that have been with me for a long time know where I'm headed right now. It's not only Israelites, folks. You're, you're Once you're in the body of Christ, there's the Israel of God, and then there's the natural national Israelite. There's two cities at the end, a heavenly city, and an earthly city. There's Israelites that encompass both of them. The earthly city is the city and the temple talked about in Ezekiel 40 through 48. The new Jerusalem, that's for the bride. I recommended the other day, and I'll recommend to you again, Go back and listen in the archives to the teachings on Ezekiel 40 through 48. And one reason I recommend that so much, folks, is because nobody else in, nobody else out there in biblical teaching, even though I know there's some smart teachers out there, they won't touch it like they should because I'll tell you why, especially in the church world. Because if you say what I just got through saying, in the regular church world, it's not accepted. You immediately become a heretic, okay? But see, I'm no longer bound by whether my brother over at the over at, uh, Bible Believers Baptist Church, or I'm no longer bound by that stuff. And that my brothers shouldn't be bound. But in that social type 
setting where this preacher likes that preacher and has him over to do this as long as he follows the straight and narrow. And believe me, they do it, folks. I came out of that stuff. That's why I don't associate myself with any of that anymore. I can say what the Lord tells me to say, and I don't give a rip what anybody thinks. And it's a freedom that I did not have originally. And got called on the carpet a few times about it as well, what the Spirit of God was showing me, even though some of the stuff I got called on the carpet about is now being taught out in the open amongst um, the, some of the brethren that I come out of. And I praise the Lord for that. They got the guts to say what the Bible actually says about some things. But that division, if you don't get that, you'll never understand. You'll never understand. You'll never understand what the Lord's trying to say of some of the parables that he gives, of some of the illustration that he gives, of the sheep and goats. You won't, you'll never understand that stuff. Because it ain't all to do with race. Among those in the Anglo-Israel truth, they'll either get hung up on the race, 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 or the Jew, Jew, Jew. That's what, and, and, they, and they don't, none of them know the book. And that's what's sad. A couple of brothers I talked to today, that's exactly what they said. That's what was a sad situation. You get a lot of people out there that learn a few things that they pick up from Brother um, Wesley Swift and Brother Bertrand Comperay and maybe a little bit for Sheldon and Emery, and then all of a sudden they become these wonderful Bible teachers. Folks, you've got to spend time in your subject if you're going to call yourself a teacher. You've got to, you've got, you've got to spend time. And not just with head knowledge, but with experience. That's the reason the regulations and qualifications for teachers is not a novice. And that's what you've got out there is a bunch of novices. Now, you've got some elder folks that are lovely people, that, that in their own way they love the Lord. And I'll give them that. But as far as knowing the book, they don't have a clue. You tell them there's a verse like, he that is born of God doth not commit sin, neither can he sin because he's born of God. They won't know which ends up. They'll say, transgression of the law, that's what sin is. And they totally refuse to deal with the other verses that explain about sin. Like sin is written down in a rock somewhere. And not realizing Romans 7 tells you sin is in us, in each and every one of us. That's why, there had, that's why the manifestation of God in the flesh had to be the one to buy us back because it was perfect. Say, so what's that got to do with the time of Jacob's trouble? When we get to the book of Revelation, you're going to say, Brother David, while I'm talking, turn to Jeremiah 30, okay? Okay, already there. Okay. When we get the book of Revelation, you're going to see clearly a division between those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ and another bunch that has the testimony of Jesus Christ. Totally separate bunches. They're not the same. 
One of those groups is going to wind up in Ezekiel 43:48, and the other group is going to wind up in the New Jerusalem. One group is going to have David ruling over them, as you're fixing to see when Brother David reads Jeremiah 30. In, the, in eternity, I'm talking about. Yes, yes, sir, read. In eternity. Lord promises it. But because of the stubborn, stiff-necked rejection of God's Son, they're, they're going to be in the kingdom, yeah. But they're not going to be where the bride's at. They're not going to be part of the bride. Because... That because because you're God's chosen, God's going to do everything He can to make a way and bend over backwards for His people Israel. He already did it with the death and resurrection of His Son. But even with that, see, you got people that won't even take the time to learn His precious Word. And learn about the one they're supposed to love with all their heart. They're gonna have. They're gonna. They're gonna. If they can't get it done here, they'll have to get it later. Well, I thought you say. Well, I thought you just get one shot, and you're pointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. That's a general rule. See, Lazarus died twice. The widowed name son died twice. Dorcas died twice. See what I mean, Jelly Bean? Not everybody gets a glorified body like we do. Not like the bride gets. Not everybody does. How do you know that? Because in, in Ezekiel 40 through 48... There's Israelites from all 12 tribes right there, including Dan, which is discarded in the book of Revelation, but shows back up in eternity in Ezekiel 40 through 48. And those folks are go back to doing sacrifice for their sin. They have to, because they rejected the sacrifice of God manifest in the flesh originally. Now, I'm just giving you a quick overview before we get into this, okay? As quick as I can. And if, if all kind of flags are flying and you've never heard anything is this stuff before, that's why I started out by telling you to go back and listen to Ezekiel 40 through 48. Won't nobody else touch it. Because they can't reconcile the verses. They won't learn the book so they can. Sins of transgression of the law. Thou shalt not commit murder. Okay? Isn't that what the book says? Well, Christ said, "You, if you hate your brother, you've murdered him right there. You boom. What are you going to do with that? See? All the lawyers out there want to talk about sins, transgression of the law. Is that right? To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I didn't hear a word about the law. Did you? I just quoted you scripture, say. The plowing of the wicked is sin. You want me to go on? 
They don't know the book. The Lord just didn't show up and say all that stuff just to hear himself talk. Why do you think they hated him so much? Hmm? Not only did the Jews hate him, the Israelites hated him. That's why there was just a few that got on board. He came into his own. His own received him not. His own was Israelites, folks. But as many as the Israelites did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God in the bride of Christ. And whosoever believeth on his name, because in the body there's neither Judean nor Israelite nor our ten tribes okay ethnos there's neither barbarian Scythian bond or free that's the scattered tribes that's in Christ that's the great mystery of Ephesians chapter 4 that Paul talks about it's a great mystery Nobody understands it completely. Paul didn't explain it completely because he didn't even understand it completely. It's one of those great mysteries. There's only two of them. One is God manifest in the flesh. They can't nobody explain that. How can God leave the throne room in Shemayim? That's the third heaven, by the way. How can he leave that and come down and talk to himself? He's, and how could he speak to himself? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. See, you see what I'm saying? I don't understand it. Neither do you. Don't lie to yourself. And for sure, don't listen to liars out there that say they do. Because they don't. It's a great mystery. Same thing with the body and bride of Christ. We get hints. We get hints about it. And what the Father wants us to understand is in that book. And he'll reveal it to you as long as you hold it in the same esteem, the esteem that he wants you to hold the book, the position he wants you to put it in. You fall away from that, the revelation is cut off. Period. That's it. I didn't say you'd take away what you already had. I said any kind of other revelations cut off. Why is that, Don, you say? Because he magnified his word, little w, above his very name. And all the Yahweh, Yahshua's out there can fall back in it because at the, I ain't met one yet that knew the book. And, you know, Pastor Don, one thing I've noticed in, in life is it's the humble that have the teachable spirit. It's always that, brother. You know why, don't you? Tell me. A humble spirit and a contrite heart thou will not despise. That's what Amen. the Lord said. Amen. See, see all the answers, folks, in the book. The answer's in the book. That's why, <laughs> my goodness. I don't know what else to say. All I can say is this. Which which word do you want to wind up? You want to be the bride? 
or you don't want to still run the chance of not making anything but just a life down here on this earth because these folks is going to die twice after giving another shot. See, I don't care what anybody says. I'm just telling you like it is. God wouldn't kill none of his own. Is that right? Seems like to me all you lawyers out there, if you had a son that was rebellious, what'd you do with him, Brother David? Oh, you'd beat him? No, no, you kill him. That's yeah, the law. Well, that's the law. That's what the law says, yeah. That's if what he, the law says. You kill him. Or if you struck your parents, he got stoned. That's right. You're dead. Dead, dead, dead. The Lord giving you a warning there, see? For whatsoever written for time was written for our learning, see? Giving you a warning right there. The old adage, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. There is a whole lot to be said about that little adage, folks. Now, I've just ran all the way to the, to, into eternity telling you about some things to set the table for this. Because we're going to run through some scriptures that some of you folks, especially some of the downloaders, are going to think, oh, that's done took place, or this such and such said this. That's the problem, is such and such said. <laughs> I have no agenda. I'm not trying to teach you. I'm, I have no agenda. I'm, the only agenda I have is Jesus Christ and his word. That's that. I, I, so I guess I told a half truth when I said I had no agenda. Yes, I do. I'm guilty. With malice of forethought, absolutely, I have an agenda. My agenda is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. That's my agenda. It's not to teach. It's not to be, to scream, all five programs long about race. If you can't get that and stick it in your back pocket, you ain't even, you, you, you ain't gonna get nothing. If you don't understand that the foot soldiers, the seed of the serpent, if you don't get who they are and stick it in your back pocket and go on and progress in your learning, oh, you're gonna wind up where the rest of them are. That's all they can talk about. That's their agenda. And the ones that don't use those agendas, you know what they get? They give you a bunch of smooth talking opinions about politics. The politics is you're going to be ruled under a king theocracy, okay? Not a democracy, not a republic, but a theocracy with a king. That's what you're going to be ruled under. And the adversary out there is so slick that he'll have, have you running off and spending all your time worrying about the Constitution. Does Brother Don talk about the Constitution? And look, absolutely. I love, praise the Lord that we had a constitutional republic. What did we do with it? Hmm? Said it was took away. Why was it took away? Read Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 29, you'll find out. Because you didn't obey the first commandment and the second, the royal law, puts in your heart. 
written in your heart in the new covenant. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, and soul, and thy neighbor or brother as thyself. See, there's nothing complicated about the Scriptures, really. You want to talk law, I'll just land on the first one and prove you to be a liar if you say you keep it. Because I know you don't. None of us do. That's why, this, that's why it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Not the blue gums trouble, not the not the chink, not the slant eye, not the squats. Nope, not none of them, not the raghead. Nope, it's the time of Jacob's trouble. And just this, you know, just this caveat before Brother David gets started in uh, Jeremiah chapter 30. You ever studied Jacob's life? how close it is, if you watch how conniving he was and the things that he did and how he was all sold on gain, how close it is, how close that the serpent's seed goes right along with Jacob's life. You ever looked at that real close? Hmm? You ever thought about that? Well, if you hadn't, it's because you don't know about Jacob. You hadn't paid any attention to his biography. He was a conniving, backstabbing liar that loved gain, loved money. Sound like somebody out there we call the serpent seed, doesn't it? See how close the tares are to the wheat, folks? They even look like us. You know what separates it? How you can tell the difference other than the last name? See, that's plain. That's a, that's wide open, but you know how you really get down the nitty gritty the book, because it discerns the heart, the spirit, even to the joints and marrow, and even the thoughts and intents of the heart. You don't know it, and you can't use it, and you don't even know the difference. Things are different in the new covenant than they are in the old. But Jacob's going to get straightened out in this period of time called the time of Jacob's trouble. And, and, the, and the bride is going to be around for a while, but not through the whole thing. How much? I don't know. But don't go running off saying that I believe in, in, the, in the rapture that the Judeo-Christian, because I don't. Okay? But we will go through some of it then, like Paul says, we'll get a changed body in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. All right? And those that are alive and remain will be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. What all transpires that? I'm not all that sure, but I'll give you a hint shortly when we get to the book of Re when we run a reference over to uh, Revelation chapter 19. Okay, Brother David, Jeremiah chapter 30, just start in verse 1, brother. I Just before we start, because, you know, we're always saying that you'd never be ruled by the Jews or even by fallen angels, for that matter, unless you are corrupt and allow yourself to be uh, tempted by their wares. No, absolutely. 
And I this week read two short little quotes by Samuel Adams, and he's basically saying the exact same thing you said. And here they are. Neither the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws will secure liberty and happiness of a people whose manners are universally corrupt. Second quote. While the people are virtuous, they cannot be subdued. But once they lose their virtue, they will be ready to surrender their liberties to the first external or internal invader. Outstanding. Sums up. Yeah, just sums up and aligns just perfectly what you preached to us about the Jews. Praise the Lord. I mean, I, I had no idea that he said that, but I do know Samuel Adams is a Christian, was a Christian. Amen. I do know that. Amen. I do know that. He was one of them that was not a quote-unquote deist. He was, a, he was a promoter of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do know that. Amen. And a father of, of the republic. And so it wasn't this little old Baptist preacher here, if you want to call him a Baptist, and I wouldn't even call him that anymore, but some people think, oh, you just make up all that stuff. Well, it was well known by Christian leaders for centuries. Oh, absolutely. Amen. Of course it was, brother. Absolutely. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 1. Yes. Brother, go ahead. Verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, thus speaking, the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. Okay. Or, you stop right there. And while I'm talking, I want you to go ahead and pull your concordance up, which you probably, I'm sure, already have. I want you to type into the search engine in that day, okay? Okay. Because that's where we're going after we finish um, right here, okay? Well, we'll start running some of the references, and I'll show these people what I was explaining before the program started, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Write it in a book, the things that I have spoken. Well, good old brother Jeremiah, he sure did. He wrote it in a book. He wrote it in a book, and we got it. See, everybody, you know, folks, I, I hate to run off real quick to um, the final judgment, but I will and just make the, this statement. You know where it says the book was opened, the, the books were opened, and another book was opened? <laughs> it says you the same thing about these books in, in Malachi. You know that? talks about these books. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wonder what the replicas are down here. Hmm? I wonder what the replica is that's a book that has books in it. I wonder what that is. (laughs) Ah, yes. Go ahead, Brother David. Okay, in Jeremiah? Yes. Okay, for lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Okay, Israel and Judah, return to captivity and give them the land that the Lord gave them originally. You know, that bunch in Ezekiel 40 through 48, guess where they're going to spend their time at? 
in Palestine, over there in the original, part of the original land grant, see. But it's going to spread out because the Lord not only gave Father Abraham that big land grant over there, but he gave him the whole world, see. Amen. That's in Romans chapter 4, folks, in case you didn't know it. He gave Father Abraham the whole world. Not just that little dust bowl over there that's going to have to be rejuvenated during the millennial reign when the temple's built over, the real temple's built over there for the 12 tribes of Israel over there. See? So it is going to be occupied, that area over there, but not by that bunch that's took it today. Not by the the ones with the false identity. No, 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 no. Not for a second. As a matter of fact, the ones that did that make it through the wrath gonna have to bow down to your feet. That's Revelation two nine and three nine. By the way, they're gonna bow down to you if 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 you're in the bunch. Continue on, brother. Verse four. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. That's Jacob corporately. Okay? That's a remnant out of the twelve tribes that'll be saved corporately out of that time of Jacob's trouble. And he, he, he likens it to a woman travailing in childbirth. And he gives it, said, puts it on a man. So bad a pain, so bad a suffering. Turn to Daniel chapter 12 while I'm talking, brother. Okay. He, li- he likens this pain to a woman in childbirth, but he puts it on a man. And it says, alas, for that day, that should have been a hint to all these so-called Corinthian identities out there. But no, they don't believe in the words of God. They think, in the, they think of a corporate word of God, manuscript, bunch of dusty Greek and Hebrew, see. So they missed it. The that day. For that day is a great. so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it, like I said, corporately. Some of all 12 tribes. Read Daniel 12, brother, and uh, I think it's verse 3. You know where I'm headed with this. The time coming, which is when the prince, when uh, Michael stands up for us. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and read it. Okay. Um, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, 
And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Well, it must be but, one or two. You know, it's the time, it's where it's where it says a time a little be like never has been since there was a, you know, since creation to the end. Is that verse two or verse four? Um, oh, verse one. Sorry. Okay. Go and ahead. at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Thank Everyone you. that shall be found written in the book. There's another one of them old books. Amen, brother. Now back, back to, uh, back to uh, Jeremiah chapter 30. Okay. Verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. But they shall serve the Lord, their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. There you go. There comes back David. I thought David was dead. Well, he is. But he's going to come up. Then he's going to set. He's going to set in that temple. And he's going to rule. That's why it doesn't name him in the book of Ezekiel. The prince. The prince. See, most of your Bible quote-unquote scholars, will tell you that this David here is Jesus Christ, see? And that's where 98% of them will tell you that. No, 99.9% of them will tell you that. They'll tell you it's Jesus Christ. It's not. Not here. No, uh uh-uh. No. Mm Mm-mm. That's David... That's King David. Mentions it in a, in the book of Hosea, by the way, too. If you want a double reference. Verse 10, brother. Yeah, it even says he's going to raise him up. Yes, so right. I, yeah. Amen. Okay, verse 10. Therefore fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel. For, lo, I will save thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be in rest, and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee. Though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, Yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. See, that correction and that punishment is what the time of Jacob's trouble is for. And anybody on the outskirts just happens to catch it in the neck, too. Okay? That's why we're the fewest. Of all the people, the pure, the, we're the fewest pure nation 
of people on this earth. We're the fewest, folks. 7%. See? 7%. Last time I checked, I think, well, other night, Brother David, what was it somebody said was less than that now? Yeah, I, I, I found that I believe it's around 6 but um, one real important statistic is that White women of childbearing years are, is only 2% of the world population. So yep. there's the future. There you go. That, that, that's right. And, the, and folks, that's just, when he said a remnant, he meant a remnant. He meant a remnant. He just wasn't whistling Yankee Doodle Dandy, okay? He was whistling Dixie, but go ahead, brother. Okay, verse 12. For thus saith the Lord... Thy bruise is incurable, and thy wound is grievous. Thy, is thy, 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 thy bruise is incurable. It was incurable. The only thing that cures that bruise is the blood of Christ. And the wound was grievous. Go ahead, brother. Verse 13. Okay. There is none to plead thy cause that thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. All thy lovers have forgotten thee. They seek thee not, for I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one. For the multitude of thine iniquity, because thy sins were increased. There you go. He uses, the Lord uses the devil, folks, to glorify himself. He uses the devil's people to glorify himself. That's what the book of Job we're dealing with. That's the reason the book starts off talking about a council meeting between the sons of God and Satan shows up. And he allows Satan to do all that stuff to Job. All Job's suffering, folks, the passages where it talks about his suffering and everything, that's the time of Jacob's. That's a type. A type. Types are never 100%, folks. Never. Okay? But it's a type of the suffering that individual Israelite is going to go through in the time of Jacob's trouble and as nations, both corporately and individually. The only ones that are kept back from the main part of that are the super remnant of the bride of Christ. And we'll get into that a little while later. Continue on, brother. Verse 15. Why criest thou from thine affliction? Thy sorrow is incurable for the multitude of thine iniquity. Because thy sins were increased, I have done these things unto thee. Therefore, all they that devour thee shall be devoured, and all thine adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. And they that spoil thee shall be as spoil, and all that prey upon thee will I give for a prey. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they calleth thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Okay. I just want to bring your attention to the words here. He's going to heal them. 
You remember back up here where it talked about medicines for healing? Those are not just abstract words and metaphors. Go read Ezekiel chapter 40 through 48 and see about the leaves of the trees for medicine. Okay? For medicines. That's what it says, folks. Go read it. Don't take my word for it. All right? Continue on, brother. Okay. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry, and I will multiply them, and they shall not be a few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. I think I forgot verse 18. Okay, well, uh, verse eighteen. Okay. I well, anyway, anyway, let me go ahead and make a guess. That's right. You, uh, you. If the Lord didn't shorten the days, there'd be no flesh left alive. Matthew twenty-four. And so the remnant's so small at the end of this period of time, and we're not going to go into the numbers and and the, and the book of Daniel and figure out you know all those days. And I'm not going to go into that. We'll do that when we go through the book of Daniel in detail. But there's going to be such a small number left that the Lord's talking about increasing them. And that's what he's going to do. Go ahead, brother. This is some of the few little promises that the ones outside of the body of Christ are going to get, the ones that make it in. Go ahead, brother. I was furiously making notes here, so (laughs) I missed the verse. Verse 18, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places. And the city shall be builded upon her own heap, and the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. You'll find it in Ezekiel 40 through 48, folks. Go ahead, brother. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry, and I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. You know how he does that, folks? They have children. They have children. The ones that get through have children. Not the bride of Christ. That bunch. This bunch has children. Go read it. They give their children inheritance. Old David's even given back a natural body. He has children as well. Last three chapters of Ezekiel. Yeah, see? Yeah. Well, I thought everybody got changed into a body like Christ. Only the bride. That's why they're neither Mary. They're they're like the, we'll be like the angels that are in heaven. We'll neither marry nor given in marriage. We have a bride. We have a husband. Folks, it's a great mystery, okay? I don't understand it all. I just I I just understand enough to know it's true. Lord plays his cards close to his bed. If the answers are in the book, I hadn't found them. I imagine they probably are. All of it. You got folks that you got kids that's going to when an old man won't even uh, you know I forget what those years are but a child will be called a child at a hundred. It tells you that in Isaiah. But yet they're children. 
there'll be birth, there'll be marriages, there'll be but for that bunch, but not for us. I didn't say so. That's what the Lord said. Not for us. Read it in the Gospels, folks. Continue, brother. Verse 20. Their children also shall be as aforetime, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all that oppress them. And their nobles shall be of themselves, and their governor shall proceed from the midst of them. And I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord? Ezekiel 43:48. Go ahead, brother. And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goeth forth with fury, a continuing whirlwind, it shall fall with pain upon the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until he have done it, and until he have performed the intents of his heart. In the latter days ye shall consider it. This is the latter days, and you might ought to consider what's being said. Might ought to consider it. Okay. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 2, brother. Okay. Well, it might be better for me to to send you to Revelation chapter 17. Go turn to Revelation chapter 17 while I'm talking. Okay? okay. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, I told you all at the beginning of the program about in that day and the day of the Lord, and the day of Christ. I told you about those three elements. I'm going to give you another element now. The adversary part. The adversary side. The other side that you need to pay attention to when studying the scriptures. It's real simple. It's Babylon. Babylon. The great adversary in the Old Testament. Nebuchadnezzar. Because you study Babylon and mystery Babylon. So you get a revel- you get you get a revelation. All right? Because the mystery Babylon in the book where Brother David's fixing to read, it's all over the book of Jeremiah. Okay? It's in the book of Isaiah. But you've got to understand the context is dealing with a period of time in the distant future when they write. So how do you know that, Brother Don? Because in Isaiah 13... And in Jeremiah 50 and 51, that has never happened yet. The details that are described has never happened in history. Cyrus, when he took over Babylon, never fired, never as the old saying goes, never fired a shot. Didn't tear down no wall, didn't destroy all that stuff. We'll get into that. Later on, when we deal with the Babylon thing, we're going to start with it right here. Go ahead and start reading in verse 1, brother. You don't have to go all that slow, but just kick it on through chapter 17 and 18. Okay, 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore, 
that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. And the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundations of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen. One is, and the other is not yet come. Oh, by and the way, let's stop you a second. Do you know mm-hmm. how many white Christian nations there are, white Caucasian nations there are, folks? you know how many there are today? <laughs> you might ought to go check it out. Go ahead, brother. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Ah, called and chosen and faithful. Sound like elect to me, don't you, Brother David? Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. And and, this is something, write it down, folks. I'm telling you, because what I'm going to tell you is going to sound fantastic to you, okay, to some of you folks. It's never heard this before. It's the king here, the Lord of lords and king of kings, not prince, Okay. See, that shot down what we read a while ago about that being the Lord that everybody tries to tell you is talking about the Lord when it's not. It's talking about David himself in the flesh. Okay? Back there in Jeremiah 30. That's a prince. 
in Ezekiel 42:48, and it's David. It's not Jesus Christ. He's in the New Jerusalem, not the Jerusalem on the ground. If you can find me one place where the New Jerusalem is landed on the ground, $1,000. You got it. It ain't there. Never has been there in any version. Okay? Continue, brother. Okay. And uh, verse 15, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Okay, stop right there. Hold your place. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Okay, Revelations 12. Start at verse 1. Now, and, and while you're turning there, folks, remember up here, the angel took John where? To the wilderness to see this mystery Babylon. Remember that. Go back to Revelation 12 now, brother. Okay, verse 1. Mm-hmm. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. That's Jesus Christ right there, and the nation and the woman is Israel. Go ahead, brother. Verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness. Where did she fly? Where did she go? Into the wilderness, right? Yes. Okay, watch it close, folks. Where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand Two hundred and three score days. I wonder if that's 42 months. <laughs> I wonder if that's 42 months. You reckon it is, Brother David? 42 months? Yes. <laughs> okay, go ahead, verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Okay, folks, I could go, I, I'd spend an hour dealing with that, but I've already dealt with it in programs past. You'll just have to go check it out because we're trying to get into this Jacob's trouble stuff. Go ahead, brother. 
And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. You didn't read a word there about any commandments of God. Just thought I'd, I told you, remember, at the beginning of the program about these two groups you're going to see. Well, that, this, is, this is one of them right here. All right, go ahead, brother. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. That's the dead. That's... Satan, that's the principalities and powers in the divine council delegating to the foot soldiers who are the, who are the seed of Satan on this earth, folks. Okay, that's, what, that's what's going on here. Go ahead, verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness. Fly where? Into her into the wilderness. Remember back in chapter 17. Folks, there's nothing about the book of Revelation chronological. I guess you've, well, you've wondered. You've been scratching your head. There's nothing about this book chronological, not the book of Revelation. When we teach it, I'll, I'll try to show you that there's nothing about it chronological. It goes back and forth, back into eternity past, eternity future, present past. Anyway, I'm not going to teach Revelation tonight. Go ahead, brother that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nursed for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Okay, this flood here is people. Remember a while ago you saw that those waters were nations, kindreds, and tongues. The book interprets itself, folks. That's what I want. That's the reason we came back here. I wanted to show you that that this this flood that it's talking about right here, you're starting to see that happen to all seven nations. By the way, I won't get well. I told I let the cat out of the bag now about what I said a while ago. All right, those seven nations. All right, but remember who ruled those seven nations? Something wicked was ruling them. Remember that? Back in chapter 17. All right. Well, the flood has started. You've seen it, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But watch it close here. Go ahead. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Okay. That one verse right there has puzzled me for years. Okay. You say, I thought you was a biblical literalist. I am. I am. All right? <laughs> but I've also told you that when it's, when it's impossible to take it literal, which this is not necessarily true here, all right? But since the waters were figurative, I figure the opening up of the earth is as well. Now, I'm not sure about that. Write it down and study it out yourself and see what conclusion you come to. I haven't landed hard and fast on what it's talking about here in verse 16. 
but I think I've got an idea, and we'll hit it in the book of Isaiah. Back to chapter 17, brother, Revelation 17. Yes. Okay, and verse 15. Yeah. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and to give the king their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is the great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. By the way, folks, those ten kings here, you go back, you want to find out who they are, go look at the ten toes in Daniel chapter 2. And then pay close attention to chapter 2, verse 40 through 44. And notice, they're not human beings. Just thought I'd throw that in. Over to chapter 18 now, real quick, brother. Okay. 18. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornications. Okay, folks, I want you to remember verse 2. Write it down on your little pad. The cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Remember that phrase right there, okay? Of every evil, the habitation of every evil, of, of, of devils, habitation of devils, and the whole of every foul spirit and cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Just circle chapter uh, this chapter in verse 2 for when we go to Isaiah 13. I want you to remember that little phrase right there. Go ahead, verse 3, brother. Verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornications, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Okay, come out of her, my people. Remember where this was in the wilderness? Remember where the woman went to the wilderness? See what I'm saying? Babylon's in the wilderness. Remember those seven kings over those seven nations? Remember what I said about the Caucasian nations, the Christian nations? Seven of them. Go ahead, brother, verse 5. Verse 5. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you. And double unto her, double according to her works. In the cup which ye hath filled, fill to her double. Okay, folks, I'll, I'll just I'll give you a, a quick little deal. This is the world system. 
I'm talking about the world system that affects you. Okay? The world system that affects you. We were talking about it before the program started. The stuff that was said even before the program started had to do with this world system and what it puts out. Now, there's a command here to come out from this. So you are not partakers of this system with her evil deeds. Remember what we were talking about before the program started? Remember some of the comments I made? I knew this was coming, see, but you didn't. All right? Remember what John said in his epistles? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, 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 and the pride of life. These are not of the Father, but of the world. Remember what we were talking about before the program started? Comments that I made? Verse 7. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine and all fine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of every brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointment and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. Ah, yes. Slaves and souls of men. Not slaves and men. Slaves and souls of men. See, there's an esoteric element in it, folks. There's a spiritual element in it that not a swinging soul talks about. This is not just haphazard words. I mean, you can even find, if you look deep enough, you can find out about the slaves. Slavery's never went anywhere, folks. Good job, you Yankee sap suckers. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about the ones in the past, folks. All right? They killed your brothers. It wasn't about slavery anyway. It's about the economic part of it. Just just exactly what it is here. This is an echo, the financial Babylon. 
the world system that covers everything, financial, economics, the whole shooting match, mercantile, the whole deal, and slaves and souls of men. Next verse, brother. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. In other words, you have, you're rich and increase with goods and have no need of nothing. But yet the Lord says we're miserable, poor, wretched, and blind. See, back in Revelation chapter 3. Continue, brother. Revelations 18.15, The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment and weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls for in one hour so great riches is come to naught and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness for in one hour is she made desolate rejoice over her thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets for god hath avenged you on her and a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea saying thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. With what? Did it say violence? Yes. Just wanted to bring it to your attention. Violence. Go ahead, brother. 22. And Yes. And the voice of harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall be shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. You remember what For, you, we read back in Jeremiah chapter 30 about the bride and the bridegroom? Mm-hmm. See there? They'll be heard there. There you go. There you go, folks. There's your cross-reference. Did you realize that 98% of every verse in the book of Revelation, I said every verse, 98% of every verse in the book of Revelation is found in your Old Testament. Did you know that? In a King James Bible. 98%. Of every verse in the book of Revelation is found in the Old Testament in your King James Bible. Continue, brother. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, 
For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived, and in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. The end of yep, 18. You got that. You reckon you could check out and see who killed the martyrs and get a little grip on the religious side of this whore? See, we just dealt with the economical side. We dealt with the system, the, the, the financial system, the spiritual system, the world system, the financial aspect of it. The religious system killed all the martyrs. I wonder who it was. It's that pot-bellied liquor head that sits on seven hills, calls itself a papa. Ah, yes. Martin Luther had it right. John Calvin had it right. The Reformers had it right from the very beginning. The historicist has got it right, part of it, folks. That's the reason when you study the scriptures prophetically, don't never throw the baby out with the bathwater. The historicists and first fulfillments got it down pat. They just are slow into getting on board with the dual fulfillment of prophecy. That's why there's so many historicist prophetical teachers. That's why they were so many. Because they could plainly see a lot of this stuff taking place. That was first fulfillment. See? But according to the scripture, the Lord can have double fulfillment. And I, I, and I hate to say this, but it's true, possibly even triple. It's according to the Lord's timetable. Because he requires that which is past, see? And there's nothing new under the sun. That which has been shall be again. That's paraphrase. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, 8 and 9. And Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15. See, they missed it. They missed it. They missed it. Next chapter, brother. Chapter 19. Verse 1. And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth and her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a great voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Bingo. After that fall, get this, folks, if you don't get nothing else. 
These chapter headings don't mean squat. Verse 1, and after these things, what things? Verse chapter 18, the description of the fall by violence of the world system, the financial system, everything held it together. Time period, one day and one hour. One hour. The, how's it fall? By violence. By violence. After this happens, what happens? What does it say has made herself ready? The bride hath made herself ready. The lamb. Read that verse again, brother, because we're going to come back to this at the end of the program. Verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Wife. Paul said, I have espoused you as a what, Brother David? A wife. A chaste virgin. Oh, yes, chaste virgin, sorry. A chaste virgin. See there, folks? Don't miss it. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to this if we have time in this program after a while. Now go to Isaiah chapter 2. Let's deal with some of the other stuff, not the financial fall. Let's deal with some of the other stuff that's going to happen. We're going to deal with a bunch of it. It's all in the book, folks. You just got to believe it and get your context right. The context is going to be in the day of the Lord, in that day, okay? Isaiah chapter 2, let me see what verse we want to start with, oh shoot, let me, pull. Isaiah, is it Isaiah, Isaiah 2, start in verse 3, brother. Okay, and many peoples shall go and say, come ye, and let us go to up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay. I've I've taught you, you guys that have been with me all this time, I don't know if you remember, so I'm going to say it again, repeat myself again until you do get it. And all the, the prophets, especially in the book of Isaiah, it's like reading the newspaper. They give you the headlines to start with and the details below it or at least they used to do that when I could read and did read newspapers a long time ago. That was the way of writing. Bold black print starts off, gives you the headlines, and then underneath it gives you the details. Imagine they still do it that way. That's the way the Hebrew prophets wrote a lot of times. They'd give you an overview to start with, or the, black, the bold black, black print, and then details underneath. Or give you that like like this. They tell you about well here. Let me just. I'm just going to use this for an example. This has got nothing to do with the truth. There's this great wonderful city in there. Look at its shining lights and all this stuff. And then and then down below it, it'll say, and they went into a place and they built so and so and such and such did so and so. And they build and it all. It'll start. It's liable to start at the end, right at the end, or go back to the first. And at, by the time you finish everything, the details. That, in, that involves the building of that city and the things that are important that the headline said is going to be underneath. That's the way Isaiah writes. Don't forget it. I just gave you a nugget whether you know it or not. Okay? 
The first part of Isaiah chapter 2 is identical to Mount to Micah chapter 4. I I didn't say just about. It's identical. Check me out. Don't you believe a word I'm saying? Now what you say, what does that got to do with anything? They're talking about the same subject, duh. We're starting off here with the millennial reign. And then it's going to go back and give you and in, in stuff underneath. And for the next five chapters, it's going to give you details that took place in the time period get leading up to that period, just like I got through telling you. Same way in the book of Micah. Continue on in chapter 2, brother. Verse 4. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Now then he's the prince of peace. See? Remember the prince of peace? Then he's the prince of peace during the millennial reign. I didn't say eternal reign. I said the millennial reign. Go ahead, brother. O house of Jacob, come ye, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? See how he dealt out that glorious headline, but now he's going back and give you the details, all the details about it, how it leads up to that glorious period. Folks, you can't beat this book with a stick. Continue, brother. Verse 7, And their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses, neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land also is full of idols, They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean man boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself. Therefore forgive them not. Enter into the rock, and hide thee in the dust, for fear of the Lord, and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. There's that day of the Lord. Start verse 17, brother. Okay. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols shall be utterly abolished, and they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth oh does that border verse sound familiar to you people have you ever read the book of revelation mm, yes see there what i'm talking about folks i told you 98 percent of every single verse in the book of revelation comes out of the old testament prophets 
Ah, yes. Continue, brother. Verse 20. In that day a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made each one for himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rock and into the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. She see from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? You see what I'm saying, folks? Let me, let me just tell you real quick what you've seen. In the first four verses, you've seen the glorious end. And what did it do? It dropped down and started giving you details about everything that took place prior to that glorious end time scene. That's exactly what happened in this chapter. Next chapter, brother. Okay. This is in that day, folks. This is the day of the Lord. Go ahead, brother. Chapter 3, verse 1. For, behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient, the captain of fifty, and the honorable men, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, and the that's eloquent our, that, orator. That, that's artificer, brother. Artificer. Right. And the eloquent orator. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. And yeah, the verse people... 7, verse 7. Just go down to verse 7. Okay, verse 7. In that day shall he swear saying, I will not be an healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people, for Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord, to provoke the eyes of his glory. The shoe of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom, There's and they hide Jews. it not. There are some Jews, even the countenance of their face, witnesses against them. All right, that's good enough for this chapter. See, folks, at the beginning of the dissertation was the first four verses. Now it's going back and giving you details that led up to the first four verses. It's written in reverse, folks. It's written in reverse. Okay, brother, go to your concordance. We got that. That's chapter 2, chapter 2. Go to, cha let's see, chapter 3, chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, Isaiah 2? Mm, Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. Okay. We're going to start hitting them a little quicker now. So okay. we're not here for four, four hours. One. Okay. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach in that day shall the branch of the lord be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely 
for them that are escaped of Israel. There's a there's your throwback in that day. You see, this is all part of that day, folks. That's the point I'm trying to drive across. Go to chapter 5, brother, while I'm talking. Chapter 5, okay. verse 30. This is part of in that day. This is the most talked about time period in the whole Word of God. Okay? Like I said at the beginning. I'm not going to say it again. Chapter 5, verse 3, verse 30, brother. And in that day they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if one look unto the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. Okay, go to chapter 7, read verse 18. Verse 18. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall hiss for the fly that is in the uttermost part of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. Yeah, verse 21. And it shall come to pass in that day that a man shall nourish a young cow and two sheep. And it shall come to pass for the abundance of milk that they shall give. Seven, he verse shall 7 verse 23. Okay. And it shall come to pass in that day that every place shall be where there were a thousand vines at a thousand silverlings. It shall even be for briars and thorns. There you go. This filling in the blanks. It's filling in the blanks in that day, this time period, the time of Jacob's trouble leading up to the glorious part of the start of chapter 2 go to chapter 10 read verse 20 brother okay verse 20 and it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as are escaped of the house of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. Amen, amen. Chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Remember what we read in chapter 30 of Jeremiah about his yoke being taken off Israel's neck in Jeremiah 30? It's all part of the same thing, folks. Chapter 11, verse 10, brother. Okay. Verse 10. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. That is an exception. That is a reference and a, future, a prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 11, verse 11, brother. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. Now, I'm really going to sound like a heretic on what I'm fixing to say now. 
to some folks. Some folks will understand what I'm fixing to say. When you're reading the, a lot of these future, the context is future to the second coming, and you see these lands, these names, I am of the opinion, I, you see, I'm of the opinion that these lands are not the geographical areas that, that were then, but the geographical areas have changed into the seven nations somewhere or another of today of our people or of the world in some way, shape, fashion, or form. I do not believe like everybody, like when I say everybody, I'm talking about Judeo-Christians, that everything's going to take place over there. I don't buy it because the people are in the West because that's the way the Spirit of God moved is to the West when it left Jerusalem. It was so prominent that the Holy Spirit stopped Paul and Silas and would not let them go East, but they had to go West. The Lord did it. Because that's where God's people were. That's where the scattered tribes were. Were west of Jerusalem, not east. Not east. I believe the culmination in the day of the Lord is going to take place in Great Britain, in Sweden, in Australia, in New Zealand, in the United States, in Canada. I believe it's going to be Germany. I believe it's going to take place in the white Christian nations of the spiritual New Jerusalem. That's what I believe, okay? Chapter 12, verse 1, brother. Okay. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou, though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation, and I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Amen, amen, amen. That's the salvation of the nation, not the salvation of the individual. That'll be the salvation of the remnant Israel. Chapter 12, verse 4. And in that day, and in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the... That's good enough, brother. I I could go on and on and on, folks, but we're going to stop right here for right now, and I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 13, brother. Okay. And you start at verse 1. This is we're gonna. I'm gonna give you a little taste of the Babylon part I told you about at the start of the program, chapter 13. And remember, as we go through chapter 13 and jump over to chapter 24, that this is never this has never happened in history. This is the completion of what take is in God's word, and God's word cannot be broken. Has not taken place yet. I don't care how much they try to allegorize, okay? And remember what I told you about those hateful and unclean birds in Revelation? Keep that in mind. Start reading in verse 1, chapter 13, brother. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. Lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain, 
exalt the voice unto them. Shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of the multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations, gathered together, the Lord of hosts mustereth the host of the battle. They come from a far country, from the end of the heaven. Even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. And they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them, and they shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. Oh, ain't that what we read in Jeremiah 30? About, remember, the travail of a woman put on a man? Amen. (laughs) Go on, brother, keep on. Travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Oh, It didn't. It's what it say. Did something happen to their faces? Say, I can remember the. I already know what the verses say. Go ahead, keep on reading, brother. Verse nine. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land in desolate, and to, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof, out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay the haughtiness of the terrible, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Orfer. That's pretty small bunch, folks. That's a remnant, I'd say, being just as rare as gold. There, but see, this is really allegorical and metaphorical. This really doesn't mean what it says. See, actually, it's talking about the men here. It's just talking about a small place. See, folks, this, they're, they're full of crap. It's what they are. They got witnesses all over the Word of God concerning this time period, even in the very last book in your Bible, and they'll come up with all kind of God-forsaken mess. They don't know where to look. They won't study the book, and they won't believe what they read. They spend too much time with one word trying to tell you it's the wrong translation. Good night. I don't want to get aggravated. Go on, brother. Keep on reading. Verse 13. Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. And it shall be as the chaste roe, and as a sheep that no man taketh up. 
They shall every man turn to his own people and flee everyone into his own land. Said the very same thing in Jeremiah 30. The very same thing. And some of those people out there tell you, this happened way back yonder. Go ahead, brother. And everyone that is found shall be thrust through, and everyone that is joined unto them shall by the, um, shall fall by the sword. Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled, and their wives ravished. Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them, which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare children. You can't find one historical account of this happening to Babylon when Cyrus took Babylon without a shot. It tells you all about it in Daniel. History tells you all about it. The Word of God tells you all of it. it ain't, this had never happened yet, folks. It never happened. Continue, brother. Verse 19. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Stop just a neither. minute. The last time I checked, Saddam Hussein was trying to build it back. Last time I checked, there's a lot of folks over there. Am I right, Brother David? I know he was trying to build it back, but all I, I, I don't know what, where it went. All I'm saying is people, all you got to do is go look. There are people living all around it. It's saying there ain't going to okay. be nobody, period. Mm-hmm. Okay? Go ahead. From generation to generation, it will yeah. not be dwelt in. None of the place will be dwelt in. Continue. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Remember those devils back in Revelation and those hateful birds? You big into the quote-unquote Septuagint? Or the Hebrew, check out these names in the Hebrew, folks. That King James is, has cleaned it up a little bit. Go check your Hebrew out on these words here and, and scratch your head. But see, it's really all of Oracle. Continue, Brother David. And the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desolate houses and dragons in their pleasant places. And her time is near to come, and her days shall not be prolonged. Amen, 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 amen. Chapter 24. Okay. Isaiah chapter 24. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Okay, verse 1. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with 
her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. Few men left. I'm going to spare you the reading, folks, for the time being. This whole chapter is, and it's been called the Apocalypse of Isaiah, okay? This is all about in that day. This is that time period. Never has been a time like it since the creation. Never will be again when it's over with. Continue, Brother David. Start down about verse 18 and kick it on down to the end of the chapter. Okay, verse 18. And it shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit. And he that cometh up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth do shake. There's your windows in the firmament. There's your windows in the dome. And what's this coming up out of the pit? See, I didn't stop Brother David in Isaiah 13. But in the Hebrew, in the, in the Hebrew it tells you that the, the, the gates are going to be opened and giants are going to come up out of the earth. Okay? That's right. Folks, this book's loaded. It's loaded. I guess it's talking about giants and financial transactions, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, keep, keep on, brother. Okay. And the foundations of the earth do shake. There's those foundations... Hmm. Got it, brother. Spinning balls don't have that, do they? No, they don't. The, the earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean, dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and it shall be removed like a cottage, and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. And it shall come to pass, pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the, the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. Okay, that host of the high ones are the Ephesians 6 principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's the bad part of the divine council. It's not Amen. talking about human beings, folks. And the ones that try to tell you there are none of these are lying out their teeth, or either deceive themselves. The bottom line is they just don't believe the Word of God. That's just the simple truth of it. That is the plain and simple truth. The host of high ones that are on high, they come from on high, folks, because he just tells you, and the kings of the earth, comma, which are up on the earth. Two different places. Duh. You wouldn't even have to go to the Hebrew. Verse 22, brother. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. 
and shall be shut up in the prison, and after many days shall they be visited. That's in Daniel chapter 7. The cross-reference of this is in Daniel chapter 7. Go ahead, brother. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. Amen, amen, amen. That's the millennial reign. That's the millennial reign. When he rules with a rod of iron, that's got nothing to do with the prince ruling in Ezekiel 40 through 48, which temple is built forever. Don't believe a word I just said. Go read it for yourself. Okay? Turn to Isaiah 26. What time is it? Uh, 9.14. Oh, my goodness. We've done went over time. Just real quick, go to Isaiah 26. Okay. And uh, let me see where I want you to start. Okay, we'll just pick this up Sunday night. Okay, we're going to continue on with this. I'm going to I'm going to run. The, I'm going to put this in the ground once and for okay. all. Okay. Okay. Isaiah 26 on Sunday night. That's right. We'll start with Isaiah okay. chapter 26 on uh, Sunday night. Is there any questions in the chat room? No, sir. Okay. I will tell you this before we go ahead and 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 get off here. I want, don't let me forget, Brother David. Well, I tell you what, we will meet back Monday. Brother David's going to be gone Sunday night. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. He's going to be gone Sunday night, and uh, we'll we'll start Monday night. Sunday night, I'll give you all off Sunday night, okay? And we'll meet back Monday and Tuesday. Or, well, just, just meet back Monday night, same time, Monday night, and we'll pick up with this and see how far the Lord's going to let us go with it before we go back to the book of Luke and to the book of Job. But anyway, we'll meet back Monday night. And don't let me forget, Brother David, Monday night, I want to tie, I want to jump ahead to the end of this time period of Jacob's trouble, and I want to show how the bride is going to do some fighting for herself, okay? Okay. And I want to show y'all that I've been telling you guys, I've been screaming, trying to get y'all to go study the Song of Solomon, trying to tell you that it was about the bride of Christ and the Lord. And I ain't got nobody, no no feedback from not a single soul that's picked up on it. So Lord willing, Monday night, we'll go through some more. We'll go through Joel, pick up on the day of the parts of the day of the Lord that's going to take place there where it talks about some other stuff that's going to happen. And we'll pick up some on and show you about the day of Christ. There's some exceptional things that the scriptures talk about there. And I want to show you what happens with the bride in the book of Revelation. All right? I want to show you that. Don't let me forget, Brother David, okay? I just made a note. Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time tonight. We can open your precious word and read your scriptures, Father. It's always a blessing. It's always a blessing because we know that your Holy Spirit will take the words that's read and use them for your honor and your glory and accomplish that, which you want to accomplish with every word that's written. And Lord Jesus Christ, I pray pray with all my heart that you'd bless the ones in the chat room, bless the downloaders, meet back with us this coming uh, Monday night, Lord, and uh, give everybody a good weekend. Father, and I pray that you would instill in the hearts for some good Bible teachers, that you'd raise up some good Bible teachers, Lord, for the days are wicked, and we need some more good Bible teachers that believe your word, 
Father, that, that believe every jot and tittle of your word and will teach it faithfully, Father, and be faithful to you. Now, I pray if there's anybody out there that's just happened through at that download that just happened on the program, is that the Spirit of God would convict their hearts if they've never known yes. Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray that the time they hear this, that the Spirit of God will bow their knee in their heart, get them to bow their knee in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior to the glory of God the Father. And I ask all yes. these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the name that is above every name. And I ask this in his name and for his sake alone. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email is joydon1953 at yahoo.com. The mailing address, 3155 Louisville Street. Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you guys for listening. God bless each and every one of you. Good job, Brother David, Brother Kevin. Lord willing, we'll see you all Monday night. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, brother. Good night, Brother Kevin. Good night, all.